Duke Kaboom. Or should I say it like Duke Kaboom? 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 And welcome to issue number 191 of the Bad Cowdy Funky podcast. Tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, Toy Story 4. I almost said episode 4. I'm just saying episode number (laughs) whatever. Toy Story episode 4, A New Hope. A New Buzz. A New Buzz. A New Light Year. <laughs> we'll be talking Toy Story 4. We'll be talking quite a few news items. Uh, but first, let's see the mighty cast that I have joined with me tonight. Dave the Beard of Menace. Dot Chris. TV's Casey. Hey! hey, hey. <laughs> I am a person that's here tonight. <laughs> Jay's Mac. The bad guy himself, Sergio. <laughs> and welcome, everybody, to the greatest show on the internet. Damn it. It's me, Sergio. I was just going to be silent for a really long time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I'm your host for the evening, Booster Greg. <laughs> now that we've gotten all of that business out of the way, Toy Story 4, what were your, what were your like thoughts and feelings kind of going into this? I got I to gotta level with you. As soon as they announced it and they did that, you know, so happy together, slow motion trailer of them all bumping into each other, I'm like, but why, though? Yeah. Three was such a conclusive ending, you know. You, it was perfect, you, yeah. Yeah, and it really fucking got you in the heartstrings because oh, what man. kid hasn't given away his old toys yeah. when they were going away to college or moving out or something? You know, it's it's something that everybody can relate to. Mm. Um, also, you got to get worried when something goes to a fourth sequel. Yeah. I mean, how many times can you get it right? Yeah, I mean, like, so far, all the Toy Story movies have been great. They're all excellent. They're they're all like kind excellent. of improve upon one another. Like I remember seeing Toy Story two in theaters years and years and years and years, decades. It feels like probably accurate. when you were but a wee Greg. When I was but a wee Greg, and I remember like thinking like, wow, this is the first legitimate sequel that I think is worthy of the first one. Wow, there's a lot that are great, but you know, like when. Especially when you're a kid, you see the first one and you have all these expectations and all this hype. You see the second one, you're like, yeah, I guess that was fine. Um, and especially when that movie came out, sequels were not known to be great. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's before you've got all your modern superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So any sequels you would have gotten before that, you would have had like Superman 2. Yeah. Which is my favorite, but <laughs> not the best. Well, you're, and- you're talking to like the return of Jafar. You're talking like Mulan. Oh, oh you're too. talking just Disney. Sequels. I'm not talking just Disney, but those are movies. Those are sequels that happened. Yeah, not and theatrically though. They still happened. Yeah, and, and I guess. a sequel for anything animated that came out in theaters. What are they doing? They could have just put this right to VHS and DVD if that was a thing back then. I don't remember. 
That's probably an up and coming. Or Laserdisc. Laserdisc was probably a thing. Yeah, no. Uh, almost certainly <laughs> direct-to-video, as in VHS. Yeah. Let's not go crazy here. Um, but you're right. You're right. The The bar for sequels was very low, uh, especially on an animated film in the Disney wheelhouse, no matter how you want to slice it. I mean, good sequels were a dime a dozen. You know, we could sing the praises of Empire Strikes Back we want every time, but how many other good midquels out of a three film trilogy or something like that are the best maybe aliens maybe yeah anyway yeah no you're right so in my opinion about the toy story films they've only gotten better with each movie yes uh except for this one yeah i agree which is still great but it didn't get i i didn't cry i Mm. cried in three i will cop to that so it got me in the feels but it cheated to do so because the first like five or ten minutes is like the end of Toy Story three, and I'm yeah. like I've already seen this. So you have like Andy playing with his toys, and you have that nine years ago scene as well, right? With uh, Bo Peep. And by the way, I did not realize Bo Peep was was she in number three? She was not. I didn't even realize it. And they had this whole scene explaining why she wasn't there, and I was just like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, okay, I guess she was gone. Beloved, yeah. beloved Annie Potts. <laughs> I was pretty excited to go see this movie, but like as we're watching it, it's just kind of like the jokes that you like are kind of overused. And like the, besides Forky, Forky, I think was great. Trash? Trash? <laughs> I'm trash. I'm trash. That is something every millennial who goes to see this movie can relate to. I'm trash. It's warm I'm, and comfortable and I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, but everything else was kind of like, like, like Tim Allen sounds kind of old now. Like, they all sound old now. Not Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks sounds kind of a little bit old. I mean, yeah. he's no Jim Hanks in his, in his spry, youthful oh, deliveries. No, he's, he's, no, he's, no, he's no Jim Hanks. <laughs> he, I would bet he's not even, I wouldn't even say he's a Colin Hanks at this Ooh, point in his career. That's brutal. That's, that's the, low. The progeny. The progeny. The replacement. That would have been a really good thing, too. Or So, I mean, we're, we'll jump. We're not going to have Colin review. Hanks play the Happy Meal version of Woody or something. No, have... They had Timmy in there, who is original. I think his name is Timmy. So in this movie, they have a little Easter egg, which I caught. And I don't know. I mean, if you're a big uh, Pixar nerd like I am, you'll kind of recognize him. I'm pretty sure his name is Timmy. Um, but when they go into the antiques like club, for lack of a better term, like remember that like dance club place where they met uh, Duke, Duke Kaboom. The guy, the doorman, was the supposed to be the original star of Toy Story. Really? Before Woody. Okay. So I thought that would have been funny if Colin Hanks did the voice of him. Like, how hilarious would that have been? I would have liked that a lot. You know what? That you know, oh, you or Jim Hanks about- did the voice of him. That would have been Jim- even funnier. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we found the greatest sound alike. <laughs> There's a, there's a great little background bit. I don't know if you caught it in the bar where there's an Obi-Wan toy cutting off the arm of a Panda Baba toy. I didn't even see that. Oh, man. I didn't see it the first time I went through it, but a friend told me about it. I went back and I looked at it. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, these movies, there's there's so much going on, like blinking, you miss it, miss it kind of thing. You're playing, paying attention to the plot the first time around. You're you're getting swept up in some of the emotional stuff. You're yeah. uh, enthralled. Any one of these toys could die in this movie. Yeah. That's what I'm going into a thing. I'm thinking Woody's going to get literally torn to pieces. I think ultimately in this movie, there was just too much going on. And so a lot of characters got 
shafted because it's of that. A, it's like we want to tell another story about Woody because he's yeah the 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 main character yeah I mean you know you could argue in the first movie it's between him and Buzz but like by the second movie it's like okay this is so very clearly yeah, around Woody the second movie was more about Buzz I think because I had Zerg in it and the whole subplot that Zerg is yeah, actually his but, dad but the and... main crux of everything is that Woody discovers he's a collector's item yeah that's true you know, and then That's the third true. one, he's still the leader of the toys. Yeah, third one is definitely. And this one is unquestionably all about oh, yeah. him. Oh, yeah. This is a swan song. Yeah. Yeah. What about Keanu Reeves as Duke Kaboom? How did you feel about his performance? Keanu Reeves, you know what I love is that he's he's making movie choices in his life now. Yeah. That bring him such an enthusiasm to be alive. <laughs> right. Like, you know, whether it's the, the Cyberbug 2077 thing where he's just like, let me show you something amazing, and he, you know. <laughs> Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. And he, it's almost like you can't, like, he can't believe the words that are coming out of his mouth. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. imagine being in the recording booth with Keanu Reeves and be like, okay, uh, Mr. Reeves, your line is, uh, yes, we can, a uh, duh. <laughs> Did you ah. did you watch the uh, there's a feature that's going around with all of the actors in it that's just kind of like it's just like a little thing a little bit parts here and there and it's like them getting voice direction. No, that's got to be fun. I did watch another fun Toy Story trivia esque thing though. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the the Black Friday reel? No. This is what John Lasseter originally showed executives as like the original pitch for Toy Story. Okay. This was when I think it was still under Steve Jobs' vision okay. at Pixar, so, like, way back. Yeah. And Woody is just a fucking asshole. Oh, God. It's all vo it's voiced by Hanks in this, like, it's it's al it's almost like a storyboard, the way that it's cut up with, like, still images. Interesting. He, like, gives Buzz, like, a handshake, and then he tosses him out the window on purpose, oh, right? God. And everybody freaks out. And he's like, whoa, 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 you guys, come on, it's me. Like, I, he slipped. Yeah. And then eventually they all start to realize that he did it on purpose. And Woody, like, he, you know, he hops right back on Andy's bed, his rightful place. And he's just like, it's a toy toy world out there. Damn. And they all go to get him, right? Like, all the toys. Bo Peep calls him out. Like, mm -hmm. everybody. He's like, oh, yeah, is this what you want to do? You want to throw it out with me? I'll show you who's boss. And he's like, Slicky, get up here. But it's like, there's such menace in Hanks's voice, you'd never believe it was the same character. Oh, jeez! Like Woody goes through like some dark stuff in that first movie when he's challenged as king of the toys. Hmm. But this is on like another level. Like he's like telling toys to like lick his boots and stuff. Like it's it's bad. It's bad. Jeez. And apparently the test audience has hated it. So yeah, they made his character much more sympathetic. Can't and imagine I, why. Yeah, can't imagine why. Can't imagine making him your central protagonist for three more movies if yeah. he's going to be an right. asshole. And and a couple of shorts and video and a couple games. Of, and yeah, the, whole thing. the voice. Yeah, no, the uh, the voice acting was kind of funny. Keanu Reeves was uh, interesting. So Keanu Reeves uh, was developing his. The first time you see Duke is the lines that were showing, and he, you know he's he's saying like Duke Boom, Canadian Canada's hero. And he goes, ha, who, yeah. And he he actually like poses while he's, he's like he's doing the, he's doing action poses. Does he do it's, the spread eagle shot? It's incredible. <laughs> the voice director comes up. I assume it's the voice director. I didn't really look into who this guy was. And he's like, yeah, okay, you know, that's great. Like, why don't you try this, this, this? And Keanu Reeves looks at him and goes like, he goes, well, I have a question. This is my Keanu Reeves voice. I have a question. And he's like, okay. He goes, when I'm saying this, is it Duke saying this? Or is it like an announcer saying this? And the guy's like, I don't. 
unders. He's like, so is it like, is Duke's inner voice Duke? Or is it like an announcer from a commercial? So should I say it like, and then he does this thing and I'm not going to do it justice, but it's fucking hilarious. Duke kaboom. Or should I say it like Duke kaboom? And I I could not tell the difference (laughs) immediately. It was kind of like if you ever seen. Are you saying bees or bees? (laughs) (laughs) It was like there's slight intonation differences, but it wasn't really enough to be like to bring it up in my opinion. It was kind of like if you've ever seen 10 Things I Hate About You, where the guy holds up like two headshots and like they're identical. It's just there's a different shirt on them. Yeah. The poses, <laughs> and he's asking for feedback on the pose. It's literally that. It's exactly that. And I way. couldn't be more in love with it. This, this whole great. like little scene. It's You have to look do, it up. It's super Do you funny. think he was doing it on purpose or did he actually think that there's. You think he's trolling the voice director? You know what, though? Part of me almost wants to think that as soon as they got him to do that, that's when they incorporated the ridiculous inner voice thing that they do with Buzz Lightyear where he just hits the, his oh, all of his so action good. phrases. That was great. He, <laughs> so, so here's the thing with that. Buzz is kind of dumb. I don't remember him being that this dumb. dumb. Like like yeah. he went from being like Eric Matthews beginning of Boy Meets World to Eric Matthews end of Boy Meets World <laughs> between these movies between three and four. I think he got some solid bits for what it's worth. Yeah. Not, n- nobody else really got like a shining moment. Even, like even passing the torch to Jesse, like she barely does anything in this movie. And you, you've got John Ratzenberger and, and Wallace Shawn in there as, as Ham and Rex. And like, yeah. you're, you're barely doing anything with them. Like I can understand not doing anything with Mr. Potato Head because, you know, Don Rickles, rest in peace. But they, they had to do a lot of work to get those lines in there that they had. And yeah, that, that was actually at the family's his, his family's request. Oh, that that he he have one more uh, venture yeah, out there. One more go. One more. Yeah. They, they had to replace Slinky Dog too, because that's um. Yes, that was originally Ernest. Yeah, Jim Varney. Overall, Toy Story, I really love it. If you want a quick summary of things, some of the best parts are with this Gabby Gabby doll, who is an old toy from the fifties, like Woody. Yeah. But her speaker box is broken, and she wants his as a replacement. And my mom actually went to go see this movie, not with me, but with my dad, which mm-hmm. was weird because I'm certain he hasn't seen any of the any other of ones. Them, yeah. um, and she was mortified. She's like, they stole his organs. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And I mean, and in no uncertain terms, does the way that scene play out is Woody literally, he might as well have woken up in a bathtub full of ice. Yeah. I thought for sure he was going to get it back. Yeah, but then, but I also thought, you know, he doesn't need it anymore. That's true. And he knows that because he hasn't been played with in weeks and, yeah. or months. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, this whole thing is Woody like, growing up, essentially. Yeah. Andy's grown up and kind of changed and, and gone about his ways. Now it's, t- it's time for Woody to do the same. Woody is he, now a lost toy, which is kind of interesting considering his whole identity is... The favorite toy. Yeah, being the favorite toy. I This movie is fine. I'm glad I saw it. In theaters, I'm glad that we used free passes to see it in theaters. Yeah. Um, it's not up to snuff for me for the rest of the series, but it's it's still not terrible. It's still good. Like, like I would rather watch this than any of the Cars movies any day. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, Cars is the bottom of the barrel. Cars is we want to make money and sell toys. Yeah, it's the Transformers the movie of Pixar. <laughs> I think I'd rather watch Transformers the movie than. Oh yeah, I mean. Listen, I highly recommend it. 
I mean, if you've seen the other three, you're going to see this one. Yeah. Unless you're my girlfriend, who for some reason couldn't care less. Animation, top notch. I just don't know how I feel if they're going to make more of there being a Toy Story without Woody. Just don't. Just don't. Just don't. Just leave it. Just don't. They shouldn't. They just shouldn't have with this, to be honest. If they want to do more more Toy Story stuff, do shorts before a movie. The, yeah. That's just the perfect way to do it. Yeah, they there there are a couple other good shorts that maybe a lot of people didn't know about. I didn't know about them until I looked them up. In some of the older shorts that they've done, yeah. which are not great quality, <laughs> you've got beloved voice actor Jim Hanks as the voice of Woody. Hey. And someone who sounds nothing like Tim Allen voicing Buzz Lightyear. That sounds about right. That's what they did for Kingdom Hearts. So yeah. That sounds about right. Well, all right. Uh, let's turn this on its head. Speaking of Keanu Reeves in his breakout role as Duke Kaboom, mm. there have been some rumbling mumblings in my tumblings about him taking on a role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. Now, some of the things I've heard through the rumor mill are Moon Knight, mm -hmm. Silver Surfer, mm -hmm. and Namor the Submariner. I mean, they're fine. Can I tell you... Well, before we get to what you think, did you hear about any other ones in the in the in on the internet? Not that I heard of. Okay. No. But Boss Logic did a really good piece... That was Duke Kaboom, but he's Ghost Rider as a toy. That's hilarious. And that, but that got my wheels a turning. Okay. Although Keanu Reeves looks nothing like Johnny Blaze, I think from an acting standpoint, I think he'd be amazing. And I also think he has the uh, acting chops and the like physical prowess to also pull off Ghost Rider. Sure. I mean, just imagine the John Wick gate walking down after you, but his fucking head's on fire. <laughs> and he's got a chain that has near infinite length that's on fire. He's got chains coming out all over the place. Uh, he's got a motorcycle amazing. that's on fire. I just want to see... Listen, I, I have like a weird soft spot for Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider, though, and I don't know why. <laughs> well, I think it's because um, Spirit of Vengeance wasn't horrible. Neither of them were horrible. I mean, the first one was pretty bad. He had that line where he's like... Smells like my skull's on fire, and you're yeah. just like. But he's hamming it up. I think that I think that if you're gonna put Counter Reeves in the MCU, like I understand Silver Surfer is gonna be a big one, especially with all the space stuff, and space has been getting a huge. Bump. I lo I love the idea of him as the surfer. I. I love it. I think it would be a waste to have Keanu Reeves as only a voice in a live action movie. I they're gonna make them all CG like they did in yeah. pretty much. In, in the true. other movie. That's the only way they're going to do that. Like, let's And you know what the ourselves. funny thing about that is, is if he were Silver Surfer, he would be following in the steps of Lawrence Fishburne. Mm. I do like that, though. But I like I really like Lawrence Fishburne's voice at four, the Silver Surfer. Granted, I'm yeah. not a big Silver Surfer fan. But oh, like, well. I'm not saying that I don't like Silver Surfer. I'm just saying that I don't follow the Silver Surfer. Yeah, so... so for you and for everybody else playing yeah. at home, the surfer is kind of a stoic Silver Age, like he stands by his principles sort of hero, but he's also really melancholy and kind of poetic in how he speaks. Yeah. Um, I say more than any other character, he fully embodies Silver Age Stanley dialogue. Interesting. Like it's it's part Shakespearean, but not to the level of of Thor being like oh, whosoever forth than thee and thou, yeah. you know the surfer is like, you know. But what is a you know? It's like what is a feeling crashing on the wake of the cosmic wave? Like it's stuff like that. 
You know, mm. it, there's it's grandiose and broad, and he really just paints a picture with his dialogue, and he goes through all these like crazy environments and stuff. Yeah. You know, he's he's a he's more than a thousand years old. He's been in Galactus's service for an extremely long time until he meets humanity, the first world in his entire existence that has ever made a kinship like his own. You know. Yeah. There's a somberness to it, and I think Reeves can really catch that. Yeah. But what I, I don't, I don't, what I don't think I've ever seen Reeves really do is explode with anger. Um, or like a real emotion. I feel like every role that I've ever seen him in has always been very reserved, very calm. Even Neo at his most like broken is never like screaming. I'd have to go and rewatch a couple movies because I can I, I can I can picture him doing it. I fully cop to being wrong and and I'm sure anybody can correct me. Yeah. but I think there's there's a level of not chill that the surfer hits. Yeah. I don't know if Re- I'm sure he's capable of it, but I, I, I haven't really seen him do. That's fair. Um, you know, but I think I also think it's weird at some of the other selections. I think Moon Knight is a weird fucking choice. Mm. Well, uh, Moon Knight, I think, needs to be in the MCU, but I, I don't think it's him. The only reason people want him as Moon Knight is because some of the most famous runs of Moon Knight that aren't the original like Doug Mensch, Bill Shinkowitz run is like the Warren Ellis run where it's just six issues of him climbing a building, yeah. beating the shit out of everybody, like the raid. Yeah. You know, or like John Wick. Yeah. Um which is fine, but I mean you could you could do that with almost any martial arts based character. You could fucking make Keanu Reeves Daredevil if you wanted to. I I wouldn't do that. I mean like you you, you can do anything with Keanu Reeves and I, I think you're right about that. Pretty much anything. But like I think we need to jump into the the mystical side more. I think we need to like really. I mean, all we've really had for that is Doctor Strange. Yeah, and that's it. Like we've had so much space movies, and like I love Guardians, and I love everything that Endgame and Infinity War brought to the table. But like, I think we need to switch it up and, and get away from space a little bit. And if you want to put him in magic, what do you think of making him uh, Nightmare? No, not too nightmare. too campy. Too. Uh, no, too I don't trickstery. think. I don't think right now Nightmare fits in the mcu but like i i think i'm also kind of tired of them using great actors for villains that they're gonna kill well you can't kill nightmare <laughs> i mean it's the mcu how there's been like two villains that survived <laughs> they'll find a way to kill they them. will find a way they killed thanos twice yeah get him in the mcu what are you guys doing all right just figgy just have him sign a contract yeah have him sign the contract commit to a series of films and then figure out the character later mm-hmm that's it. A lot of people are saying Punisher as well. No, what I've been hearing and Definitely Wolverine not. and like you no. know, it's just like, no, don't don't no. put the Punisher in the MCU. I'm not interested. I mean, he's already in the MCU. Just because they're canceling Netflix doesn't mean that didn't happen. Although I would like that to not happen so I can get John Barenthal's Wolverine. I'm not going to get off the soapbox until it happens. Listen, everybody's entitled to opinion, even if it is a terrible one. Great. Hey, that's a great one. Yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> Next up, Channing Tatum as Gambit. No! <laughs> no, it's right. dead and buried forever. It's gone, baby. It's over. Mm. Oh, this just in. I don't. We don't have this in the notes, but like I remember oh. reading this today. And okay, give me a, not talking about it real scoop. quick. Uh, did you hear about Ghostbusters twenty twenty? Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Uh, and I'm. I want to call it now. Yeah. Before every other nerd news roundtable show calls it, mm-hmm. uh, he will be Egon Spengler Jr. No. Yes. No. Yes. I don't want that. Give it a second. No. Let it sink in. No. Lovable goofball scientist Paul Rudd. No, I want I want him more as the Vinkman. Yeah? Yeah. 
I mean, he could play literally any of the roles, like any of any of those like types. He he could be the smart, sciencey guy. He can be the suave, I don't give a fuck guy. He can be like the nerdy one that believes in everything and it's, it's kind of helpful. He could be the one that's just there for a paycheck. Like he can do any of it, in my opinion. What if he's the grown-up baby from Ghostbusters too? He's too old. Is he? Yes. I'll put it to you this way. Oh, yeah, wait. That baby would have been our age. That yes. Doesn't, yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. Ghostbusters. But he looks young. Ghostbusters 2 came out in 1989. <laughs> yeah, okay. So right before I was born. But Yeah, I mean, like, obviously I want Oscar. That, that baby's name was Oscar. Obviously you want Oscar to show up in there. But Paul Rudd being cast in this huge news. Or I, or I think they're, like, on the final stages of, of solidifying him and being in there. I don't think they officially have him in a role yet. Bring us to something you wanted to talk about, Casey. If you want a little taste of Dark Side, don't forget to check out Booster Greg's podcast, Adapt This, hey. over on the Geek Generation Network. Mm. Just this past week, he polished off Superman Batman Apocalypse. Yep, it was great. Which has Dark Side in it as a bad guy. You may have seen this coming around in circles uh, on the interwebs or Instagram or what have you, but some particularly energetic fans have decided. What if, as was always intended, in the Snyder Cut, which doesn't exist, mm-hmm. of the Justice League movie, Darkseid was the bad guy instead of Steppenwolf. So there's about three seconds of it, and it looks awful. <laughs> but many people are excited about it because they're idiots. <laughs> uh, so if you haven't seen it, their version of Darkseid is way too skinny. He is in no way posed like Darkseid would be. And it doesn't even get close enough where you can really tell it's him. Hey, Casey, tell tell us who thinks the Snyder Cut exists. Oh, the actor who plays Cyborg, of course. <laughs> I cannot believe that this article actually came out. And to be honest with you, I still think it's not true. Yeah. Ray Fisher, yeah. the actor who played Cyborg yeah. in Justice League, yeah. believes the Snyder Cut exists. And he wants to see it released. Which all but galvanized the worst fans of anything on the internet right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything worse than DC movie stands hmm. who are just like, we love Man of Steel. We love a more violent Superman. We love that Batman kills people. We love that there was a whole movie where they fought. Even, I, I mean, I just, it's so many things that is awful about DC stands and I can't stands it. Yeah. Um, but the fact that one of these actors is also equally deluded in that this exists, although I'm sure he's very motivated by money. Oh, yeah. Because if they released a Snyder Cut DVD, who's getting a cut of all that sweet, sweet movie residuals? Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher, baby. (laughs) Exclusively Ray Fisher. Exclusively. Henry Cavill's not Superman anymore. No, he's done. Ben Affleck's not Batman anymore. They couldn't even get Henry Cavill to come back for a walk-on cameo in Shazam. And it would have just cemented him as a great Superman, just like... I don't know, him racing the Flash at the end of Justice League. Like, yeah. you you set him up to be a lighter, better Superman, and then it's just like, nope. But yeah, Ray Fisher believes that the Snyder Cut exists. And just to clear the air, it doesn't. Zack Snyder mm-hmm. did not in any, and in no uncertain terms, he did not finish this film. Mm-mm. He left because of a lot of personal, horrible stuff that was happening yeah. in his life. It was really a shame. It's really a tragedy and really a shame. He could be the worst director in the world. I'd never wish that on somebody. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, he didn't finish it. Yeah. And and people believe he did. He has come out and denied that there is a workable edit of this movie that is just him. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so crazy that they cling to this. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why too. Like it's kind of yeah. like it's kind of like flat earthers. I just don't understand I don't why they can think this way. I, I look. I can understand wanting the one shot you're probably ever gonna get. Mm-hmm. You know, we say that, of course, but in ten years, I'm sure we'll see yeah. another attempt at Justice League. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. and it will inevitably the just be the Justice League International. That would be amazing. Yeah, because it's the it's the only thing that's like they went with a safe bet lineup. Yeah, I mean, you can't beat Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, like no. off the bat. I mean, you, you you should have had Green Lantern, but there's a taint there, and you have to have Martian Manhunter. Right. I don't think a league is complete without Martian Manhunter. No, I don't either. That's just that's just me. I mean, I yeah. know, yeah. But the Justice League International, Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, Guy Gardner, yep. Martian Manhunter. Ice Fire. Ice Fire, Maxwell Lord, Elongated Man, Sue Dibney, Rocket Red. I mean, we could do the whole, we could we could name it for years. We read it all the way through Justice League Europe, Justice League America. Wasn't Mr. Miracle one as Mr. well? Yep, he was there. Yeah, Barda right. eventually joined. Yeah. Female Dr. Light. Oh, yeah. Black Canary. Oh yeah, was there at the beginning? Yep. Yep. Bat- Batman, of course. Batman, Flash. But we don't we don't need Batman in this. Right. right. <laughs> Metamorpho, Power Girl. I mean, we could we could go. That roster just kept expanding. Yeah. Um, which is something you could do in a movie. You could do Justice League, and then you could do Justice League Unlimited. I mean, you put them in space, and then you just do a bunch with a bunch of heroes. All you really need to do, and I I know I've been saying this for a while, Shazam is a step in the right direction. You get characters that are powerful and interesting and unique to DC that showcase the best of DC. So, like, yeah. Captain Marvel is a really prime example of this because not only does he have some, like, inner demons and turmoil and stuff like that, but he's also very lighthearted. He's a kid, so he's also dealing with, like, well... He's fun, and Zachary Levi is having the time of his life yeah. Yeah. in that role. And it shows. Like, they're, And they're not afraid to get, like, not dark, I would say, but, like... I would say standard comic book or like serious. Dark. They're not afraid for it to get a little serious. Yeah, and that, even that's even in the kids' perfect. Movie. That's what that's what you need. And like, it's like super. Like Man of Steel took itself too seriously. It was too like much, way too seriously. And there are so many things wrong with that movie. <laughs> hey, DC fans, maybe Superman should smile more. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, like, yeah. if if you look at that movie as just standalone movie, that's if you knew nothing about Superman and you watch that movie, you'd probably enjoy it. Because there's nothing inherently wrong with the movie itself, but it's a bad adaptation of the source material. Sure. Oh, yeah. And and that's, I think, what they just got wrong is they're like, oh, we're just going to make a good movie. And at that time, or a quote unquote good movie, uh, and at that time, it was Christopher Nolan's Batman that was taking over. And I think I remember hearing that. Man of Steel was supposed to like incorporate with. It was supposed to be in the same universe, and then they just like gave up at some point. And then Christopher Nolan was like, "No, this is my own thing. Like, you're not touching it." And then so like Zack Snyder had to like pigeonhole himself into this like feel of a movie that he yeah. obviously wasn't comfortable with and refuses to accept it. Yeah, and that was it. Because like Zack Snyder's other stuff is pretty decent. Listen, this is the greatest sacrilege I have as a comic book fan. Yeah, I think Watchmen the movie is better than the book. I don't think it's better than the book, but I think it's the best adaptation you, you could possibly do. I to adore the, the material. movie. I love the change to the ending. I, I just don't like the change to the ending. But like, really? I I don't see how they could have. It made sense to me. You can't. You can't. Do that you can't work the squid. You can't do the whole conspiracy with artists, geneticists. Right. It's right. too much to throw into right. an already complicated movie. Right. And it's easier to unite them against Manhattan and whatever. But yeah, I really like it. I I think the visuals are great. Yeah. I think the added fight scenes make it feel more like a superhero book yeah. you know 
I mean, Watchmen the comic is really remarkable because it's a departure from everything you've ever thought about superheroes, mm -hmm. which is why I think it's a shame that whenever somebody's getting into comics, it's one of the first things at the top of a reading list. And you will never appreciate it for what it is if you haven't been reading superhero books for like five, ten years already. Right. You know, knowing to expect a happy ending, the guy getting the girl, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know. Snyder, totally talented. Yeah. The Snyder Cut does not exist. Nope. I'm grateful for everything that he's put out in yep. some way. I think he has a very clear vision of what he wants to do. But yep. on screen, maybe it didn't always work out. Mm. So for those of you who have not seen Endgame yet, please turn this off, turn away. Don't look at the screen. Don't listen Avert to us. Avert your ears and eyes. I don't know why you haven't seen it yet, but whatever. The DVD Blu-ray home release commercial for Endgame has been getting a lot of flack lately because it is nothing but spoilers. Everything that makes Endgame special, unique, amazing that you were not expecting to see is in this trailer. It, and this includes the big lineup at the end. It includes Captain America yielding Mjolnir. It includes Bro Thor, including Captain Marvel showing up. And finally, last but not least, and more, we're including Tony Stark saying, I am Iron Man, and snapping his fingers with all of the Infinity Stones in his glove. What the fuck? That's a lot. That's a lot. Why what? go see the movie? Literally, the whole movie is in this trailer, or in this commercial. It's terrible. Now, I don't know who at Marvel thought this was a good idea. Like, I think they assumed that because it's doing a second theatrical release, everyone has seen this. But there are still some people, and like maybe they have kids, just, a family, can't make it to theaters. Maybe, I feel like yeah. if you... Listen, this is the second highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah. If you haven't seen... When did it come out? Last week of April? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Two months. Yeah. If you haven't made an effort to see this movie in two months, whether you've been a fan... Or you're just like, why is this movie making so much money? Which is what got me to see Avatar. Right. You have no one to blame. I can I can see why people haven't seen it. There, there are a select few. You've been it, in a coma. No. You, impossible. <laughs> impossible. I feel like they, Marvel provided these people with audio tape versions <laughs> of the movie. Just Chris Evans himself went to each hospital room of people in comas and read the script and reenacted every part. In, yeah, and he did all the voices. All the voices. All the voices. It's true. Like, it, like I, I kind of go back and forth. And it's like I, I think it's really bold of them to put in like everything, literally everything that made you gasp about this movie is in this trailer. And like, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's good marketing. I think this this movie is going to sell itself. All those characters you thought were dead are back. But like, all you need is Chris Evans. White background, not even dressed up as Captain America. All you have to do is have him show up and be like, hey, this is coming out end of July for digital release. And this is coming out at beginning of August for home release. You're welcome. That's all you need. And you, you will sell just as many copies. I guarantee it. I absolutely guarantee it. It's just maddening because they play it so close to the chest for the initial trailers. 
They play it so close to the chest, they fucking lie. <laughs> they in most lie. of these trailers. They spend money to lie to us. Oh, did you think the Hulk was going to be Infinity War? No, no, no. Oh, my God. He's not in this movie for more than five minutes. Oh, God. It's just like, I don't know. It, it seems weird. I don't know who approved this. Uh, by the way, it's going to be July 30th is the official um, digital release. And then okay. on Blu-ray, it's... I, I don't remember the exact name Blu-ray, but it is the first week of August. They are barely waiting for it to even get out of theater. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to buy this movie. It, now, it, like, are you going to buy I'm it just, on its own, or are you getting the big-ass every-movie box set? Yeah. We're living in a great time, it's, Greg. It's wonderful. Anyway, What a time to be alive. And speaking of time... What else we got? Um, That's that's everything. We went through it all. That's, that's it. it. That's it. Let wow. me ask you this, though, because I'm just curious. Are you wait wait? What? If you're gonna ask me a question, uh oh, you. I don't know make if I have it. the sound bit anymore. You don't have it queued up. We I haven't know. done it in forever. I know. Oh wait, wait, hold on. Let me press this button. Let me see what this button does. So let me ask you this: We talked a lot about a, a many a different subject matters. Just two guys geeking out tonight. We talked about the DC extended universe. Yes. I want to know if you could choose the next movie after Wonder Woman for the DC Extended Universe, what would it be? Like, what would the character be? Who would the actor be? Does it have to be? It has to be DC. That's your and only it, And it can't role. be one that's already announced, right? Uh, not one that's announced. Correct. So no New Gods. No Suicide Squad reboot. Right. Forget all that. Pretend those mm-hmm. are, like, getting canned. Okay. Or, like, they're like, Casey, we need your help. You shoehorn in a movie in between all of these other ones. What do you do? Uh, And this movie is going to shape the tone. No, I couldn't. What do you? Are you going to say Booster Gold? I I was going to say Crisis. I was going to say Crisis on Infinite Earths. I think it's too much too soon, but I like it. It's you know what? It would probably fall into exactly the same mistakes it would as Justice League. I would say that's in 15 years. (laughs) I don't think I honestly don't even think it could be done. like it's too we much. Also, we also it's didn't think Endgame could be done. That is true. Uh, I like I let's just let's just sit on Infinite Crisis for a moment. Well, okay. Well, well, not Infinite Crisis or Crisis on Infinite. Earth. Crisis on Infinite. Earth. Crisis on Big Infinite difference. That's very true. Big difference. Infinite Crisis is probably a little let me, more. All right, let me let me walk it back. Let me walk it back. I will pick another excellent DC Universe story that involves everyone. Yep. And it could reboot some great characters. Okay. Sinestro Core War. Too soon again, though, I think. Again? We don't even have a Green Lantern movie yet. I know, but I feel like you could just... I feel like you gotta fucking go out guns blazing. I feel like you can't afford to do that that build-up anymore. All right, all right. Let me... I'll walk it back an astounding well, third hold on. time. We'll, we'll do your a Sinestro Core. Sell me on Sinestro Core. All right, Sinestro Core movie, you... Listen, you yeah. have it focus still on Hal Jordan. Yeah. New actor. Yeah. You do the origin in the opening of the movie. Who would you have as the actor? I'm going to say Jake Gyllenhaal because I got him on the brain for Spider-Man next week. That's that, And I don't hate it. That Yeah, that'd work. That I works for me. I don't hate it. I yeah. think he could definitely do Hot Shot, yeah. Flyboy. Really, all I care about is I'm going to have to really think about who they get for Guy Gardner because if that casting isn't perfect, I'm going to be upset. I mean, Channing Tatum. No. He's a big meathead. He is a big meathead. Oh, God, he would be perfect. <laughs> I don't want to admit it, but he would be perfect. Especially after Kingsman. Yeah. Oh, just your classic red-blooded American douchebag. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh, boy. Anyway. Yeah. 
I think the four main protagonists, I think you got a little bit for everybody. You've mm-hmm. got John Stewart for everybody who grew up on the cartoons. Mm-hmm. Hal Jordan for the comic book purists. Mm-hmm. Guy Garner mm-hmm. for the comic book fans who actually give a shit. Yeah. And Kyle Rayner for the kids. <laughs> for the kids. Crab mask <laughs> himself. Even though he's literally our Green Lantern. Yeah. Growing up. He is. Oh, I would absolutely have him in the crab mask. Yeah. Like, you better. You can't be. have him not in the crab mask. Can't have him not in the crab mask. Yeah. Sinestro is hellbent on revenge. Mm -hmm. He gets his own core. Mm -hmm. The movie starts in first-person narrator from Hal Jordan, where he goes through the ins and outs of a day in the life as a space cop. Okay. You have him doing some beat stuff. Then Mm -hmm. he uncovers... This is the change I would make. Yeah. It would be a conspiracy that comes out of the core from within. Okay. So instead of Green Lanterns having crooked cops, they would be Sinestro Corps guys on the inside. So the Sinestro Corps already exists. It already exists, okay. and it's in secret. Okay, and it kind of, it also kind of plays in with Sinestro being sort of a space Hitler. Sinestro is one of the best cops around. Maybe he works in internal affairs or whatever. You know, you really, you do it like a cop movie. Like it start, it's like Training Day. You do Training Day, oh but with the Green Lantern Corps, and it just keeps escalating to the point where it. You know what? Maybe you do it in two parts. Yeah. You have it core versus core in the first movie, and then the Sinestro core goes to Earth in the second movie. Well, what you can and you do have is to fight the Justice League core stuff. versus core in the first movie. At the end of the first movie is the big cliffhanger reveal that Sinestro is. Because if you're doing Training Day, you're going to have Denzel with Ethan Hawke. Right. So you're going to have Sinestro with Hal. And then at the end of that, you do the big reveal that the Yellow he's Lantern the leader. is. He's and it's le- named after him. And it's named after him. He it. says the oath and it cuts to credits. Yeah. That's, That's it. good. I think it could work. I think it might be a lot yeah. for to, you know, as a starting point to to reshoot the DC universe, especially if you're going to try and keep in things like Wonder Woman and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Kind of hard to do a big scale thing right out of the gate, but you know, what other options do you really have? I mean, yes, you could you could carefully invest the time and hope that you basically swing for the fences with every movie like Marvel did. But they they didn't succeed every time that they they swung though, which is oh like it's mm-hmm. They they so I'll say this the MCU financially they did financially they did the MCU is the top of the barrel it's like it's the cream of the crop for comic book adaptation movies yeah if you really go back and watch them like a lot of people say the Christopher Nolan stuff they don't really hold up as well as you remember and that's just a fact um, the the only thing that I really liked about the Nolan universe is also something that I really hate about it is Heath Ledger's Joker because as it's an incredible character. It's so good. <laughs> Not the Joker though. The Marvel Cinematic Universe gets a lot of credit because it took its time. It did its homework. It didn't really take any shortcuts. And it tried to stay as true to the material as, as it wanted. It, at least the spirit of the material. It took, it took a lot of liberties as it went on. Yeah. But it ended up okay. Yeah, sure. And, yeah. you know, I think that that's what DC just needs to do. They need to just slow down, not rush into anything. This is we're in rushing territory right now Yeah, with them. Um, you take your time, you build up, you get your lesser known characters. So I'm not going to say Booster Gold and Blue Beetle for my pick because I've said this a million times. We totally. But like. But I'm with you. But like, this is what you do. If you want to do that, if you want, if you're curious, you don't want to go back to previous episodes. Here's what you get. You get a Blue Beetle movie that opens around the same time as a Booster Gold movie, and they both go through the same story from different perspectives, but they they meet in this story. So the beginning of the movies are completely different. 
the middle ends up being pretty much the same. And then the end is like the big fight scene or whatever. And the, you'll see like you'll follow Blue Beetle in his movie. I think that'd be a really interesting kind of thing to do. And it's it never would, been done in a film before. No, and you'd have to make it different enough so people wouldn't feel like they're wasting their money seeing this movie like quote unquote twice. Yeah. But that's what the, I the would scenes do. where they meet have to be like quick then. Or you have like one scene of the dialogue or, What I would even do is I would have there be a lot of internal monologue. Like there okay. just a lot. So narrating like a solo comic book. Right, exactly. So that way you get to see what Blue Beetle thinks of Booster Gold and Booster Gold thinks of Blue Beetle the moment they meet each other. And then you just have one scene where they're shaking hands, smiling at each other, and they both think, what an asshole. At the same exact time in unison. At the unison. same exact time. That's, uh, that's we should it. Write, we should write it. The, I mean, it would be perfect. It would be great. Yeah. Um, you make them 90 minutes so they're not too long, and then you're good to go. Maybe, Maybe if you're feeling generous two hours. I'm trying to think of another like solo DC character who I would want to see. And my first go is, of course, being a huge Jack Kirby guy, is Mr. Miracle. Oh, that would be wonderful. But they're already doing him in New Gods. Yeah. Which is, it's kind of weird because New Gods, the book, is Orion's book. Right. Well, Mr. Mir- Mr. Orion Miracle had his own and, and Mr. Miracle are like, I mean, they're yeah. victim of the same swaparoo yeah they're in the same fourth world but like back in the day like new gods the title was orion as a protagonist yeah because mr miracle had his own book in mr miracle right um and i hope if they better fucking have orion in this movie i'm gonna be mad if they don't they have to i don't they see have why that, yeah yeah i'm sure they will i don't know why i'm panicking i should be panicking this is the dc extended universe everything that would, is pinned that out would be so absolutely well. ridiculous um there are a bunch of people who I think could work, especially yeah. if you give them to directors and writers who are just willing to just do their own take and kind of just try and make an interesting movie with a hero in it. And I think yeah. you can't get better than that than if you did Animal Man. Oh, that's a very good one. Animal Man is a great choice, as you and I both know. Yeah. Grant Morrison's run on the title. The hallmark of the character who really... Not the first character to ever really perceive himself as a comic book character, yeah. but he has, it's it plays better than it does in Deadpool because Animal Man is a character who's connected to the entire animal kingdom, mm-hmm. and when he gets an awareness of, he has already a better awareness of the world around him through nature than most other superheroes might. Right. So when you give him this added layer of, he's a fictional character. And that their stories are being shaped around him in such a way like there's a, you know, he, he has a different sense of time because of the way that panels are structured mm-hmm. in a comic. Like Literally stuff like fights that. in between the panels. He fights in between the panels. It's so you could, good. You could do something like that because there are so many things in film yeah. that you could do. If, if any of you have ever seen Fight Club, oh, yeah. you know exactly what I'm talking about where yeah. he's like... Sometimes they'll do this thing where they slip in a dirty movie in the film reel, and they do which it. doesn't make sense now in an age of digital film. Right. But back then, just, you know, even like right before the end credits where you see like the film skip yep. for a couple of seconds before it goes to credits, you could do stuff like that Yeah. with Animal Man. You could really do whatever you want because, you know, name one Animal Man bad guy. I can't. I can't either, but it doesn't matter. Captain uh, Pollution? No, wait, that's Captain Cap- Planet. That's Captain Planet. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I just think anybody willing to just really take a risk and, and do something fun, you could do Dr. Fate and the Shadow Pact. I don't... I don't think Dr. Fate 
trans will translate well to film without feeling like a Doctor Strange knockoff. Yeah, well, that's the only thing. Like, yeah. I think he'd be like a great just like background character kind of thing. Kind of like what they do with him in Young Justice, where like it's more of the helmet and the curse of what like using his power can bring than the actual character himself. Yeah. Right. Um, I think doing Doesn't Shadow have Pact, to be him. They could do Constantine. They could bring Constantine back. Constantine would be amazing. I mean, yeah. I would really. If they do Constantine again, though, especially with how well time has treated, how well history has treated the Keanu Reeves and how well good of a year Keanu Reeves is having. Yeah. They got to bring that one back. They could bring him back and then, but they do, they play it more close to the chest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, th- this is the thing where I want to talk about uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, too, and why okay. I think yeah, it yeah. would work really well for film. Who thought this would turn into a Crisis on Infinite Earth as a movie podcast? Dude, I don't care. This is amazing. I'm Anyways, just having a good time. <laughs> there are so many interpretations of different characters. You have Matt Ryan Constantine. You have Keanu Reeves Constantine. That could be a part of this. You have two different Flashes. Four different Supermen. You Five. have so many different Supermen. You have Brandon Routh, who's also Adam. Imagine them meeting each other. Yeah. You have, um, yeah, so he is Christopher Routh, Reeves, George Christopher Reeves. Reeves. Oh, George Reeves. The Golden Age, the, fir- the first yeah. on film TV Superman. Um, Tom Welling. Tom Welling from Smallville. You've got Henry Cavill, of course, but I doubt, I, for two seconds, they could probably get him. They would digitally recreate Henry Cavill. Oh, God. It, it would look uh, horrible. And uh, what, Tyler Hecklin from Supergirl? Oh, yeah. I you you would get like just imagine the archetypes and the characters getting together. Like you would have like all these Batman together, and then you would have Stephen Amell, Green Arrow, with them because technically he really is more of a Batman than a Green Arrow. Yeah, you um, could also you could get Ben Affleck to be the George Reeves Superman because he oh played God. him in Hollywood Land. That'd be so good, right? You would have that. You would have. They only have two flashes so far that I can think of, right? Yeah. Well, Lex Luthor's. Well, that's the thing is you could if you did Luthor's too, you could do Michael Rosenbaum, and then you could have Michael Rosenbaum as a Flash. But do but do you bring animation into it? That's the question. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that would. I mean, like I think Michael Rosenbaum would definitely be a great Flash, anyways, because a he did the voice, he did a great job, and b he also is of the appropriate age and build. Yeah. Right. But I'd love to see Jesse Eisenberg and Michael Rosenbaum go at one another. And Michael Rosenbaum just <laughs> being like, what's wrong with this guy? He has hair. <laughs> he has hair. And why is he offering candy? Yeah. It's weird. There's a lot of fun. Like, if you fully commit to this is a ridiculous comic book movie, we're just going to throw hero after hero at these people. Well, f- think about what Crisis on Infinite Earths was really about. No, I'm not talking about story. It's just a reset button. You had to streamline all these characters that you own into one cohesive narrative. And think about what DC's biggest problem is right now. Too many things all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Boom. God, they couldn't even get their ongoing TV shows right. They had to put Supergirl on an alternate Earth. Yep. I mean, God damn it. God it, damn it. You have that. You have... <laughs> Swamp Thing, you have the Doom Patrol, you have the Titans. Granted, all of those, I mean, one of those is good. One out of three. Is Swamp Thing out yet? Yeah, it already got canceled. Oh, God. Did you not hear about this? 
Oh, I heard it got canceled, but I didn't know it was even out. I thought it like they did the first season. The first episode released and they canceled it. They're still releasing the other episodes, but like and they're doing what they do with Doom Patrol, so it's weekly. But they canceled it already. So it's I'd, probably it's probably great. <laughs> it's probably watch it be the best one out of all of them. It's yeah, just to Yeah. Of course. I haven't watched it yet. I can't I can't say, but um but yeah, you have all this stuff and some of it's great and some of it's trash. This is what crisis is meant to be. You get the great stuff and you keep it. You get the trash stuff. You throw it out and you try again. Yeah. And here's something else. If you want to do a dry run of a crisis on infinite Earths movie, like a proof of concept. Yeah. Legion of superheroes movie. Ooh. That's a team movie that you would, you can't do by introducing individual members right. because none of them are important enough to get their own movie. Right. Not even Brainiac five. Yeah. You, you would just go balls in. It's like, this is a superhero team with 30 people on it. Mm. They save all of reality. And you know what? You make Darkseid the bad guy. You do Great Darkness Saga. Okay. Really cool. Ooh, I would do I would do that stuff, and then I would f- cap it off with Legion Lost, I think. Yeah. You could do Legion Lost. I mean, anything. You, the, you could do the, the Time Jump Legion. Yeah. You could do the three. There's so many versions well, so- of the Legion of Superheroes you could do. If if I were to build up the whole DC universe right now, yeah, this is what you do. You could do Superboy and the Legion. Well, th- hold on, you're jumping ahead a little bit here. I'm jumping a little ahead. You do your Shazam. Yep, I would do that. I would do obviously I would do Boost Through Gold or Blue Beetle. I would have that kind of idea go through. Yep. I struggle with giving Martian Manhunter his own movie because I don't know the tone it would take. Because I don't think it would be a superhero movie. I think it would be a science fiction movie. Yeah. And it, I don't want to have white Martians in it just yet. Well, and you also don't want a repeat of John Carter of Mars. Right. Yeah. But actually, you know what? No, I would do Martian Manhunter's own movie, make it a period piece, and it's a noir detective tale with sci-fi elements. Okay. Something like that. I don't hate it. I honestly think you could just drop Jean in Justice League and then make the movie kind of around him. Like how... Like what they did in the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't really have to do it with white Martians, but you could be with like with his, with the discovery of him. Yeah. Okay. Captain At. I would do. I would, so Shazam, Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, Captain Adam. You do a Captain Adam movie. I think it'd be interesting. I think he's okay. got a good enough power set. Yeah. Um, Major Force, totally good bad guy. Yeah. Green Lantern movie. With whom? That's where I struggle. I think John Guy Stewart. Gardner is the good choice to do. Really? I think Guy Gardner, because then that way we built up our Justice League International. Boom, yeah. we have that right there. Then what you do is you have them fighting a big bad. Lobo. At the end of their movie. <laughs> not Lobo. I would I would do a Lobo movie, though. At the end of that movie, you have Superman fly in to help him out. You don't even okay. give him his own movie. He just you shows just up. Show Everyone up. knows who he is. He's there. He helps out. Oh, actually, no, yep. Batman. I would be Batman because he's technically an inter- JLA inter- international. Yeah. From there, so I'm not giving the big guys their own movies. They're getting peppered in because everyone's seen these things a million times. Right. Nobody needs to see Krypton blow up for the fourth time. Right. From there, depending how things go, maybe I'll give them their own movies. Maybe I won't. But then I'll start to do, like, once you have Superman in enough movies, then you do Legion. And then you show a young Superboy. So you kind of earned it at that point. You don't just throw him in there. And even though people will know who he is. I think the theme of it is you have to earn what you what you present. And then and then what I would do is I would have Brainiac actually be a villain in one of those movies. And then when you see Brainiac 5, 
then you get this kind of like, I don't know if I trust him. I don't know if I don't, even though he's super trustworthy. And like the that's, only good brainiac in all yeah, history. Yeah. So you get all this stuff that that's comes good. with it and you've earned it. And it's not just like, oh, this is my dad. He or this is my not my dad, my descendant. Distant ancestor. He was uh, a bad guy. The end. And then when you bad. see him, you go, oh, yeah, you're a bad guy. Yeah. yeah. So you would do Bra- Brainiac as an alien. You wouldn't do the Kryptonian computer origin. I would mix them. Okay. I remember think I remember seeing this. I don't remember who did it, but I like I would do him as a Kryptonian masquerading as a Kryptonian super super AI supercomputer, and then he tricks, and then he so you, you get the best the best of both worlds essentially. Well, okay, but how does he like? Is he like the silver robot version from the comics, or is he the green skinned like super friends? I like the of? robot version better. I really like the robot version yeah, too. <laughs> I do, but and then and then you get rebels if in some parallel earth we managed to get all the way down to a rebels or legion as an acronym i think rebels is the guardians of the galaxy of the dc universe in terms of movie potential yes absolutely i think that like you if you present brainiac one as like the villain and then you come back with well, he's Brainiac two, right? Vril Dox is with Brainiac Vril. Two. Yeah, it's amazing. Who's just yeah. like this pompous asshole, but he's, he's not. He's bad. exactly the same as Brainiac, except he's for the greater good. Yeah, it's. I, I'm gonna go <laughs> find those comics and reread them. I'm very excited. Listen, we've been going on for too long. Thanks for listening, everyone. That's it. That's officially all the time that we have for tonight. This has been issue number 191 of the Bad Cody Funky Podcast. And remember, if you're watching this and you're saying, hey, but I only just got here and everything's ending and the, the lights are out and I don't know what's going on. It's dark. I, I'm, I'm scared. Please hold me. I'll hold you, Greg. Thank you, Casey. <laughs> Fear not. You can always watch this after the fact right here. Twitch.tv forward slash Bad Cody Funky. Um, the videos. Um, you can watch them pretty much whenever you want. It gets uploaded after the weekend. If you have a podcast playing app, you have Bad County Funky or the potential to listen to it. Available where all podcasts are served. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty I want to say 99.9% of where podcasts are served because there's probably one thing that I don't know about and we're not there, but everywhere else. Um, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv forward slash Bad Cody Funky, Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Lights go up, and the show starts shortly after that. Remember, we'll see you next time, or we will see you another time. <laughs>